0: Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I am going to be reading you guys a chapter of my new book, Slay and Singlehood, Celebrating Life in Every Season. My book has been out for a few months now and I just thought it would be fun to jump on here and read you guys a chapter out of my book. So, so far, the feedback I've been getting on my book has just been so encouraging and like, uh, it's just been blessing me so much to hear what everyone is taking away from my book and what people are gleaning from it and so it's just been been such a blessing to pour my heart into this passion project and then to hear the ways that it is ministering to people and so i'm so thankful for just the opportunity to write the book and then to just to hear people's hearts and to hear what people are gaining from it and so i'm going to be reading you guys today my chapter called free to be me chapter 10 in my book because The only chapter that I have heard so far from anyone um, that has told me what their favorite chapter is, everyone's been saying this chapter. So I thought this would be a fun one to read on my podcast. So that is what I am going to do today. So this is Free to Be Me. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Song of Solomon 4-7. You are exactly who God created you to be. Your personality, the way you look and even how you laugh are all ways you were wonderfully made. This single season is a perfect time to learn to love yourself and to truly fall in love with who God created you to be. Discovering who you are without the distraction of a relationship will actually make the future relationship God has for you even better. You are not replaceable, disposable, exchangeable, or forgettable. There only is, only ever has been, and only ever will be one of you. You were created and born to make an impact and difference in this world in a way that only you can. Your gifts, talents, and personality are as unique as your thumbprint, and they matter because you matter. There are so many deep truths about the beautiful person God created you to be, and my hope is that you become fully aware of and actually believe them. This is something I am very confident and passionate about now, but I haven't always been. Growing up, three of my biggest insecurities, on my long list of many, were my weight, my teeth, and my hair. I have been overweight for the majority of my life. When my adult teeth came in, I looked like a half-bred human shark, and puberty hit my body with vengeance, turning my no-need-to-flat-iron-straight-black hair into a frizzy ball of curls that looked like I had my finger permanently stuck in an electric socket. I would not have been surprised if my parents sat me down to tell me that I had been adopted from an alpaca farm. It was that bad. Middle school pictures are embarrassing reminders of the screaming flaws I allowed to label me as not good enough. The intense battle I faced when I looked in the mirror was dangerously destructive. My mind always tainted my reflection, slandering the girl I saw looking back at me. I was very skilled at slashing myself with a sharp verbal and mental sword of self-abuse. The way I thought and spoke about myself was very unhealthy and toxic. Those opinions were cruelly complimented by the voice of others. Their frequent negative words affirmed and intensified my own destructive beliefs about myself, making and keeping me feeling immensely insecure and shackled in my own skin. What a terrible feeling that so many of us struggle with. One of my first childhood crushes reciprocated my short-lived feelings towards him with comments like, you're fat, and other insolent, weight-digging wisecracks. His comments weren't a solo act on my stage of insecurity. In fact, they were more like one small part in a full orchestra, all perfectly playing the same tear-me-down tune. Other people I loved also spoke similar degrading words to and about my appearance. Unless you were completely blind, there was nothing I could do to hide the fact that I was the fat girl. My mom would respond to my tear-filled heartache by telling me the age-old repetitive myth that I was just born with big bones. It didn't take me long to learn that having big bones wasn't reality, but I definitely commend her for trying to find a way to make me feel better about myself. My adult teeth came in like an unshuffled mismatched deck of cards. I had a giant gap between my front teeth. The teeth next to them were pushed really far back and my canines protruded. My entire mouth was an embarrassing wreck. And braces were too expensive for my single-income family. I remember wishing there was some sort of scholarship that I could apply for to get orthodontic work done. Without question, I knew I could prove that I was the world's worst-case scenario and definitely the most qualified for dental reconstruction. But no such scholarship existed to my knowledge, so I learned to master an excellent shut-mouth grin, at least for pictures. When I became an adult, I finally had orthodontic work done. It is something for which I will forever be thankful— Proof of this is the fact that I still wear my retainer, even after having my braces off for many years. Who else can say that? It's difficult to even show a picture of myself with crooked teeth, and it isn't because I was embarrassed, it's because finding a picture of me smiling with my teeth showing is as impossible as fitting a shark for a bathing suit. There is one very rare picture I do have from my sophomore or junior year in high school. American Idol did a tour with some of their top 10 contestants from a previous season and made a stop near my hometown. I had watched that season faithfully, and my favorite contestant, George Huff, was part of the tour. I canceled all of my plans, which included absolutely nothing, so that I could go with my dad and a group of friends. I made a poster proclaiming my love and number one fangirl status for George, you know, like you see on TV, and my friends made posters too. It turned out no one besides us came with posters, but I didn't let that stop my excitement and enthusiasm. I proudly held up that poster throughout the concert, and we got invited backstage to meet George and the other contestants. My picture with George is the cheesiest, most teeth-bearing picture you will ever find of me. Getting before pictures taken at my orthodontist was almost more painful than the weekly appointments to tighten my braces. I remember how incredibly awkward I felt posing with an open mouth smile. Truthfully, I didn't even know how to smile with my teeth. If you check out my social media, you will discover that is no longer true. I never smile with my mouth closed anymore. Oh, what a world of difference it's made having my teeth shuffled to one row instead of two or three. Then there's the hair. I learned to style my curly alpaca-like hair so that it wasn't an out-of-control mess on my noggin, but my insecurity was reawakened when my ex told me that he didn't like my hair curly and wished that I would flat iron it all of the time. Well, any curly-haired girl who flat irons her hair knows that it is not an easy or quick task. It's not only damaging to your hair, but it also makes your getting-ready routine take way longer. So a hair tie became my best friend. I practically never wore my hair down and curly. If I didn't have time or just didn't care to flat iron my hair, it would get thrown into a sleek, old-school-marm bun style. As a teenager and young adult, wearing makeup was a chore that I saved for special occasions or periodic fun. It was never something I felt obligated to do. I've always had really nice skin and a pretty facial complexion, complete with perfectly rosy cheeks that were always mistaken for being painted with blush. I was truly always confident leaving my house without the need for pounds of makeup caked on my face, never even thinking twice about whether I should or shouldn't wear it. I was a girl who was born with it and didn't need the Maybelline. That sense of confidence was stripped away when, again, my ex let me know that he would prefer I not go out in public without makeup. I could never understand why it always seemed like I was being defined solely by my appearance because I had so many other amazing qualities. From a young age, I was smart and a quick learner. Funny and social, to name a few. It felt like any good qualities I had were buried and hidden under what really mattered, appearance, and that no one deemed my character qualities as worthy enough treasures to dig up. I quickly learned that a shallow world can't look deeper than the skin. My heart and my mind were marked at a very early age with the etching not good enough. That beauty only meant appearance That beauty only meant appearance was a full price lie that I went bankrupt buying. I let opinions of others, including the fear of their opinions, push me to wear unflattering, baggy clothes, change my hairstyle, force me to wear makeup, and hide my smile. Of course, once the enemy has full reign on one territory of your life, he will go after anything else he can, too. Being confident in my appearance was a battle that I had no victory in, so the next place to target was my personality and other non-exterior qualities. I have always been a very quick-witted girl and funny without even trying. Sometimes I... Even laugh at the things that come out of my own mouth. I remember in second grade, I would cry myself to sleep, praying to God to please change my personality. I didn't like who I was, and I wanted to be like the other girls. The enemy's M.O. never changes, and comparison is a frequent trap, he sets, especially for women. I suggested—oh, I struggled. I struggled to love the extra-extroverted funny girl God created me to be when he formed me in my mother's womb, Psalms 139.13. Some people are extra. Well, I'm extra, extra, if you know what I mean. Very outgoing, sometimes too loud. An extrovert with a capital E. I have held back so much because I'm afraid if I show up as I really am, people won't like me, which is such a lie. I would rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. The company I work for is a Japanese-based manufacturing company. One day, our translator invited me to meet some Chinese members of one of our customers. I'm unsure why she invited me to meet them because I have no direct dealings with their customers, and if my work were as a totem pole, I'd be the portion of the wood below the ground. I am not in any sort of high-ranking position that would merit me meeting these individuals. Also, there was a huge language barrier because I speak zero Chinese, and they spoke zero English. I entered the meeting room like anyone would through the door. That's as far as I got on any level of normal. Beyond that, what happened was a perfect storm of uncontrollable and unbelievable events. I, for some reason, thought it would be a good idea to display my kung fu skills for the Chinese people. I thought this is for sure a good way to communicate with them while simultaneously thinking, why am I doing this? And I am pretty sure I'm going to get fired for this. But their reaction surprised me and also surprised everyone else when I share this story. They responded to my crazy kung fu moves with their own native moves and taught me some new ones. They laughed and we shook hands and even better, I didn't lose my job. When we left the room, the translator exclaimed, they loved you. And that crazy, I can't believe I just did that moment, years of hating my goofy, silly, funny personality lost its power. The last few years have really been an intentional journey to discover myself and be confident in who God created me to be. Part of that has been learning to not be ashamed of my big, bold personality. Anyone with a big personality can probably relate to holding back at times or hesitating to be all that you are. It is for freedom that Christ liberates us, and I believe that applies to every area of our lives—spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically one of the ways I have found freedom in my life is to live fully into who He has created me to be, and I want to give you permission to be all that God created you to be. Galatians 5.1 says that Christ set us free for our freedom, and that includes all areas of our lives, our sin, insecurities, addictions, wrong thinking, and seeming shortcomings. There is nothing that Christ didn't and can't set us free from. Freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. The second part of this verse in Galatians tells us to not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The bondage of always conforming to the expectations of others, seeing myself through muddy glasses and believing less about myself than what God thinks and says is a place I no longer live in. The day, of my, the day my curls found freedom is a day that marked my life. After I became single and my confidence started to be restored and rise, I made a bold and gutsy decision. I resolved to wear my hair down and curly in public. Walking into work, my mind screamed at me as I put one foot in front of the other, thinking of nothing else but the way my hair looked. I expected someone to criticize or say something sarcastic about my curls because that's what I was used to hearing. I believed the lie that they weren't pretty enough, so I didn't think anyone else would think otherwise either. And I thought that if I at least expected the chiding when it came, it wouldn't hurt so much. Then the first faded comment came Janice, I love your hair. Instead of the expected ridicule and mockery, I was met with a sincere compliment. The insecurity of my curly hair that was weighing me down broke off me in an instant. I didn't need multiple people to validate this with their statements. I just needed that one person to see me the way God created me, a girl with bouncy locks, and to love myself for it. Since that brave day, I have continued to wear my hair curly unashamedly, and the compliments haven't stopped either. More recently, there was a day that my curly hair was a total tangled and tameless mess. I am pretty sure when I used hairspray that morning that I somehow missed my head completely. My boss told me that my hair was kind of all over my head. I chuckled, and the words did not upset me or bother me one bit. Then I went to the bathroom, and as I washed my hands, I looked in the mirror and gasped. (laughs) She wasn't kidding. My hair was absolutely wild on my head. I laughed and said out loud, Wow, I look like the bride of Frankenstein. Despite my outrageously wild tresses, I did not put my hair up. Although the thought crossed my mind, I chose to wear it down. As a statement that it doesn't matter what my hair looks like. What does matter? How I feel inside. That I laugh uncontrollably more often than I ever have in my entire life. That my laugh is so loud and obnoxious, but I have decided not to hold it back anymore. The way that I treat people and how they feel when they are around me. Dancing and singing with joy in my heart without caring who sees or hears me. Letting others know that they are valid, they matter, and that they are beautiful. I don't remember ever hearing someone tell me that I'm beautiful until I was around 18. I'm not saying that no one ever thought it. I just don't recall hearing it. My friend a Mary Kay director broke the 18-year record and told me I was beautiful. I didn't even know how to respond to her. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous thing to say. So I laughed and said something like, yeah, right. It took me a while and hearing it many times to become the girl who now tells other people that they are beautiful because it's true. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made, fashioned together perfectly by the creator of the universe. Insecurities make us feel ashamed. One definition of ashamed is being embarrassed because of one's characteristics. A characteristic is a feature or quality belonging to a person and serving to identify it. Too often, we allow what others say about our characteristics to define how we, how we too feel about them, even when their opinions have no foundation of truth whatsoever. One of my favorite books is Unashamed by Christine Kane. This book book helped me journey through so much deep healing and to experience lasting freedom. I love that Christine uses her own story coupled with the truth of God's word to help readers find and continue walking in the freedom Christ paid paid for with the ultimate sacrifice. The tagline for the book is, Drop the Baggage, Pick Up Your Freedom, Fulfill Your Destiny. We all have a calling in our lives, but the things we carry can weigh us down and hold us back. Jesus came to set us free in all areas of our lives, including how we feel and what we believe about ourselves from the inside out. The description on the back of the book says this book will help you learn or relearn how to define yourself by God's truth and your life will begin to take shape as it was designed to be. I share this with you because it did exactly that for my life. I repeatedly endorse this book and buy it for my friends because it helped me learn to love who I am. And it's about time we all begin to love who we are, who we truly are. I shared this analogy with my middle school youth kids. Suppose you have worked really hard on a hobby you love and are deeply passionate about, such as art. You have created wonderful masterpieces of all kinds. Paintings, murals, drawings, sculptures, photography, and more. Too many to mention in even one sitting. You decide to open a museum to display all of your art because you have so many incredible pieces that you are proud of and want to share with the world. You know and understand the value of what is on display and see no reason to keep the good works to yourself. The work is tedious, time-consuming, and not easy, but you know it's worth every ounce of effort. The long-awaited day finally arrives for you to open the museum to the public. To your shock and dismay, the people you've welcomed into your space begin destroying your artwork. They rip paintings off the wall, smash the sculptures, and demolish artifacts one after another. They see no value in any of the work you created, and not only do they verbally share their dislike, they seek to ruin every piece of art in the place. Imagine how you feel. Sad, frustrated, even angry. I believe this is a glimpse of how God feels when he sees us destroying his masterpieces, his people. The Bible says we are God's handiwork, Ephesians 2.10, but how often do we really see ourselves or others as such? My heartfelt prayer is that we actually realize the way our words and actions impact each other, and that we not only realize the power of our words and actions, but that we also choose to use them intentionally to speak life and truth as we allow God to open our eyes to the value of his beautiful creations. Our intrinsic value is worth far more than rubies. God places the price tag on us and only he can write on that tag and declare our true worth accurately. He is our maker and he determines your value and that worth is much higher than any human determined value could ever merit. Stop letting other people put their faulty appraises on you. Resolve, decide firmly to allow God to change how you view yourself and others. Ask God to show you how he sees you through his word and his voice in prayer. Refuse to speak and let the negativity you hear settle in your heart. Stop being afraid of living your life loud and loving who you are. It doesn't matter if you are a size zero or a size 100, how many chins you have or if your waistline has surpassed the muffin top status and is more like a busted can of biscuits. It doesn't matter if you have one, two, or five rows of teeth or no teeth at all. It doesn't matter if your hair is long and straight, short and curly, or if you choose to wear it in a mohawk. You can be an introvert, extrovert, or a somewhere-in-the-middle ambivert. You can be so funny that you make yourself pee from laughing or have a sense of humor drier than the Sahara Desert. You can be academically astute or more skilled in street smarts and common sense or a little bit of both. You can have the best corporate position or work for minimum wage. Your appearance, personality, social, and economic status are small fractions of who you are. What does matter is that you matter. And with certainty, I can tell you that you are altogether beautiful. And that is the end of chapter 10, my, my chapter called Free to Be Me. So... It was such a joy to just share with you guys a bit of my book and just a bit of my journey and what I've gone through and what the Lord has really done in my life. And that is just my heart in this entire book is just to share with you guys my journey, what God has taught me, my testimony, my different parts of my story. And just the word is so entrenched in this book. and And like I said, it's been so fun to be able to just get feedback from people and to hear what people are saying. And it's just been a really fun journey. And I, and I also think it's especially fun to hear what married people are saying because the title of the book is slaying singlehood, celebrating life in every season. And it's been really cool to hear from my friends who are married that are like, this book is not just for single people. Like people need to read this because it is about so much more than a relationship status. It's just about life and what God has for us and his word and, and, um, Just so many, so many good things. So, if you guys are interested at all in my book, you can find it on stirredupministries.com forward slash shop. You can find it on there. It's on Amazon, it's on Target, Walmart, all the sites. So, anyway, I pray that you guys are blessed and encouraged to just be all that God has created you to be. And I just pray that you learn to love yourself, that you learn to love the way that God created you to be because. There is no one else that you are better at being than exactly who you made you, who he made you to be, which sounds so obvious and, and almost like sarcastic. Cause it seems like, obviously that's, that's who we should be, but I, so many of us struggle with that. And so, so I just encourage you to reach out to me if you want to talk more about this. And I just encourage you to, to live fully in who God made you to be because who he made you to be is truly a beautiful person. And so Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will see you next time. The Just Janice Podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. To find other great podcasts in the network, visit newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Just Janice Podcast.